Biden. All right, people in the chat room are asking whether Trump will invoke the insurrection. Oh, <laughs> it says the Resurrection Act. <laughs> uh, obviously meaning the Insurrection Act, right? So good morning, everybody. And uh, wow, uh, we got a really great show in store for you today. Uh, not not going to spend much time on politics because uh, who knows what's going to happen on January 20th when uh, you know, anything can happen. Either either the Trumpsters are, are going to declare uh, you know, a victory and uh, uh, martial law or the Democrats are going to do it, one or the other. So who knows what's going to happen. All right. So we're going to pick it up now in Genesis chapter 3. But first of all, with a commentary by a Judeo-Christian commentator who basically gives us a, uh, a feeling or a sense of the fact that the Nahash critter in Genesis 3.1 is in fact Satan, or if not Satan himself, a, uh, an underling of Satan. Because uh, that's what's told to us in the book of Enoch that uh, one of uh, Satan's uh, lieutenants seduced Eve. But uh, over to you, Dan, because uh, this is a really excellent commentary by this. Yeah, Christian. this looks like a really, a really good article. It pretty much nails it. I mean, mm-hmm. there can be no doubt that we're talking about Satan here. So I'll just get right into it. Uh, Genesis 3.1 is where the serpent begins his temptation. Now, the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which Yahweh God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Now, the serpent, the text here does not by itself alone clearly identify the serpent as Satan. But the rest of the Bible makes it clear that this is Satan appearing as a serpent. In Ezekiel chapter 28, verses 13 through 19, tells us that Satan was in Eden. Many other passages associate a serpent or a snake-like creature with Satan such as Job 26.13 and Isaiah 51.9. Revelation 12.9 and 22 speak of the dragon, that serpent of old who is the devil and Satan. The representation of Satan as a serpent makes the idea of Moses saving Israel by lifting up a bronze serpent all the more provocative, which was in Numbers chapter 21, verses 8 and 9, especially when Jesus identifies himself with that very serpent, John 3.14. This is because in this picture, the serpent, a personification of sin and rebellion, is made of bronze, which is a metal associated with judgment, since it is made with fire. The lifting of a bronze serpent is the lifting up of sin judged in the form of a cross. Ezekiel chapter 28 tells us that Satan, before his fall, was an angel of the highest rank and prominence, even the worship leader in heaven. Isaiah 14 tells us Satan's fall had to do with his desire to be equal to or greater than God, to set his will against God's will. The serpent was more cunning than any beast. Satan's effectiveness is often found in his cunning, crafty ways. We can't outsmart Satan, but we can overcome him with the power of Jesus. It was the craftiness of Satan that made him successful against Eve, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. And he said to the woman, apparently before the curse pronounced in Genesis 3, verses 14 and 15, the serpent was different than what we know today as a serpent. This creature didn't start as a snake as we know it. It became one. The creature that tempted Eve became a serpent as a result of God's judgment on it. And it went slithering away into the bushes to the intense horror of Adam and Eve. 
demonic spirits evidently had the ability under certain circumstances to indwell human or animal bodies. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Chapter 8, verse 33. Did you want to say something? No, no, just, uh, yeah, that's uh, absolutely correct. Demon possession. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, demon possession is very real. Mm Mm-hmm. On this occasion, Satan chose to indwell the body of a precursed serpent. Poole says the woman wasn't surprised at the serpent speaking because Adam and Eve had free conversation with angelic beings that often appeared in the form of men. If this is true, it wasn't so strange to Eve that an angelic being might appear to her in the form of a beautiful precursed serpent. Perhaps Satan made the voice supernaturally seem to come forth from the serpent, or perhaps Satan said this to Eve in her thoughts. What Satan said is more important than how he said it. Okay, so here, serpent is is Nahash, and it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean a literal snake. So she wasn't talking to a being that looked like a snake. It was, she t- was talking to a being that has was cunning like a snake, right? And then the curse of Nahash to crawl on his belly didn't turn him into a snake either. He just uh, it was a demotion, a demotion from someone who uh, was able to deceive Eve, but would not for henceforth be uh, cursed to having to walk behind uh, us Adamites. Uh, that we get into that in three fourteen and fifteen. So, but the point here uh, of bringing this article up is it's, it's very clear that the Nahash creature in Genesis 3.1 was in fact Satan and not some kind of, uh, you know, uh, talking snake, right? Talking well, snake. you know, Eli, we, we've often heard the saying, this or that person is a snake in the grass, right? a devious person, you know, right? I think that's, maybe that's where that saying comes from. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, again, you, you have to consider the metaphors. And the uh, figures of speech, uh, idioms that apply to the Bible. And unfortunately, the King James translators and most translators don't appreciate these. You know, so we're, we're being, being given a very literal translation of Genesis 3.1 and, and the rest of it here. Uh, <clears throat> because they didn't uh, really understand the Hebrew figures of speech. Okay. But it's very clear that this is excellent analysis showing that Genesis 3.1, the serpent, was in fact Satan himself, okay, or one of his underlings speaking to Eve, okay? All right, so let's, um, let's pick it up, uh, Genesis 3.5, where uh, the uh, Nahash critter begins uh, telling, telling her lies. Verse 3. I mean, chapter 3, verse 5 of Genesis. For God does know that in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Okay, now this is an interesting uh, passage because we went through uh, in great detail last week uh, the differentiating between the name of Yahweh, which is uh, God's literal name, versus Elohim, which is uh, a title. Okay, it's a title, and even more often, it's just a reference to the divine beings that exist up in heaven and some of those that actually fell to the earth. Because in this verse, we see right right off the bat, for God, with a capital G, the word is Elohim, okay, thus know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, plural, lowercase g, 
exactly the same word, Elohim. Okay? Neither one of these references are Yahweh. Okay? So, basically, Satan here is you know, explaining to Eve that, uh, well, you know, God knows that your eyes will be opened. <laughs> well, but he's not referring to Yahweh. He's referring to himself. Your eyes will be opened. And ye, uh, Adam and Eve, shall be like us, knowing good and evil. That's what he's saying here in Genesis 3, 5. Over to you. <clears throat> Verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also to her, her husband with her, and he did eat. Okay. So here, uh, again, in 2C line, we argue that all the races were created in Genesis 1. And the only race of people that's actually identified as, as a race is Adam, Adam kind. Okay. So all the other races were, were created in uh, Genesis uh, 24-25, and Adam kind is specifically mentioned in Genesis 25-26-27. Okay. So this is... Uh, this is how we have to understand it when Adam was given uh, to eat or to ha have uh, sexual intercourse with. It's one of the other creatures, uh, other hominids that were already in, in the garden and elsewhere on the planet. Okay, so that's what this is referring to. It's not referring to um, wild animals or anything like that. Okay, over to you. Interesting word, this word desire. Uh -huh. It can mean lust. Right. The Hebrew word kamad. It means uh -huh. lust. So yeah. you don't really lust after a tree, do you? I mean, no, not a literal no. tree. But if or, that tree is a person. A or a sheep. Or a sheep. <laughs> unless, you're an, unless you're an Arab. <laughs> okay. So anyway, yeah, right. So certainly not for Adam and Eve, who wouldn't have been lusting after anything but one of their own kind. All right. So here we see that they're being enticed into having sexual relations with beings not of their own kind, non-atomized. Back to you. Verse 7. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Okay, so they didn't realize, or it wasn't, didn't mean anything to them, to be mm -hmm. walking around naked in the garden before this, before this act. Okay. So, uh, it, and it wouldn't have meant anything either if they had just had sexual relations with each other, because that was allowed. That Yahweh wanted that, actually. So, uh, what we're going to find out is that probably that Eve was pregnant with two, two uh, children, one by Adam and one by Nachash, or Satan, as we uh, go along. So, so how did they know that they were naked? Uh, you know, I mean, this probably this concept of nakedness didn't even occur to them before this this event took place. Okay, so then they eating sewed, a piece of fruit isn't going to make you realize you're naked. That's right, right. You know, we're talking about sexual intercourse here, and yeah. uh, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Again, we're talking about covering up their genital area, not their mouth, <laughs> from eating an apple. Right. Yeah, or not their brain from uh, having an evil thought. This is talking about aprons covering up their genital area. That's what this is, folks. I don't know how you can uh, argue anything else. Back to you. 
Verse 8, and they heard the voice of Yahweh God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of Yahweh God amongst the trees of the garden. Okay, now here we have Yahweh God. Okay. Yahweh God is speaking to them now, telling them, oops, you did wrong. <laughs> you did wrong. <laughs> but the Elohim in the previous verses was not Yahweh God. It was one of the fallen angels who used to dwell in heaven, but no longer. Back to you. Verse 9, And Yahweh God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree oh. whereof I commanded thee that thou should not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And Blame. Yahweh God Blame said the woman. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you go. There you go, yeah. And Yahweh God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And we have another interesting word here, this word beguiled. It comes from the Hebrew word nashah, and it means to lead astray, to seduce. There you go. Seduce. She was seduced. Yeah. Amen. I think that makes it pretty clear right there. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. This was a sexual act. Yeah. And and the word eat could also be translated as partake, to partake of. So you can partake of literal food and you can partake of sexual activity. The word partake is probably the best translation. Although there. I think we have two separate. Remember back in the previous verses where they were given a command not to eat or to touch? Mm -hmm. And the touch, touch meant the actual sexual intercourse. I think that eating was some type of forbidden knowledge. That's just my opinion. Yeah. And the touching was the actual sexual act. So okay. that's my opinion. I mean, yeah. we, we're still on the same page, basically. But yeah. I think uh, that's what I think. Yeah, in any case, there's more going on here than eating of literal, literal fruit. Wait, wait Absolutely. More. Yeah, okay. No doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, verse... Let's see, 14. And Yahweh God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. Okay, so this is the, the cursing of Nahash. Now, this doesn't mean, it doesn't say he was changed into a snake. It just says he would uh, crawl on his belly, <laughs> right? A figure so, of speech. It's a figure of speech, right. And dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life, okay? What dust? The dust of the Adamites, because we know that throughout history, the Jews have been eating our dust, following us around in order to bite our heels and uh, corrupt our societies wherever we go. In other words... They, they have become a parasitic entity that relies on our creativity and uh, uh, productivity. And naivety. Yeah, and naivety, yeah, still. Isn't, it, isn't that a shame? Yeah. <laughs> After 6,000 years, we still haven't learned? Wow. All right, back to you. Verse 15, Yahweh speaking, And I will put enmity, or hatred, yep. between thee and the woman. 
and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Okay. Seed coming uh, from the word zera. Yeah. And it means posterity or children. Yep. We're talking about literal yeah. children here. Yeah, offspring. It means literal offspring. So it's telling us here, between thy seed, he's speaking to Nachash, and her seed, your offspring, and her offspring. It's very clear the two seed lines have come out of Eve's womb. Okay? Very clear here. I don't see how you can mistake this. Okay? I don't know how you can get that yeah. wrong. I mean, yeah. we're not talking about fruit seeds here. <laughs> no, These absolutely. Literal yeah. seeds, children. Yeah, it's actually reminiscent of the uh, Jacob and Esau scenario. Uh, but uh, Jacob, you know, was the good guy. Esau was the bad guy. Not necessarily a, uh, a person of a different race, but he could be the bad guy of the white race, be, being a, a, what do you call it, a product of this fall, that many of our people would be unable to you know, maintain their righteousness. And that was the case with Esau. Okay. So, so you have an evil seed and a good seed coming out of the same womb. But in this case here, it's because the evil seed is from a completely different father, namely Nachash, the fallen angel. Over to you. Verse 16. Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. Okay, so everything here, it doesn't imply that she was seduced by another creature. However, it says, you know, I will multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. Again, suggesting that the, the sin was sexual, because in, in uh, pain she will bring forth children. And in sorrow mm -hmm. shalt I bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, as opposed to who? The guy who seduced her, okay? And he, Adam, shall rule over thee, not Nachash. All right? That's what's, that's what's being said here. Okay, back to you. And if we were talking about eating of fruit, there wouldn't be a mention of conception or pregnancy. That's correct. So, that's absolutely correct. <clears throat> so yeah, the non-seed liners, I don't see how they can get this wrong, but they don't want to deal with the obviously sexual language here. They just don't want to deal with it. Okay, back to you. Verse 17, <clears throat> And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Okay. So, uh, in other words, the, the mistake they made here in the garden is going to come back and bite us. <laughs> <laughs> until it already actually, has yeah oh man uh, yeah, right and it took uh, well adam la lived almost a thousand years uh, so it took him that long to die we're not told how long uh, eve uh, lived but uh, it did take that long for adam to die and then after the flood our lifespans were d dramatically shortened and uh, basically evil in all its various forms whether it be uh, you know poor diet uh, nasty habits you know, all contribute to our early demise, uh, given the fact that we have a maximum of 120 years allotted after the flood. Back to you. Verse 18. Thorns, and, thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. 
In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground, for out of it was thou taken. For dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. Okay, so he's speaking to Adam, saying uh, it's, it's white people who will be sweating, <laughs> their faces will be sweating, toiling with the earth, you know, and toiling with other, um, you know, uh, occupations, okay? And so this has never been true of blacks because they uh, they never had a, a kind of sophisticated civilization. Uh, the most they did was uh, drive cattle from one uh, location to another, and pick grubs. So they they weren't uh, you know they weren't sweating in their occupation. Only it's, it's it's a curse upon the white race here. Okay, that's what this is. All right, back to you. So we were created to be immortal and yep. not to have to sweat like this to make a living. Right. So, yeah. Thanks a lot, Adam and Eve. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Slap, slap, slap. Right. There you go. That, yeah. Okay. Verse 20. And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Okay. Uh, Eve is just a variation of Che that we've been talking about a lot. Hava. All right. It's just a meaning living or life giver in this case. It means life giver. And, uh, all, let's see what it says here for all, coal, hmm, properly the whole, but often in the plural sense that all manner, enough, howsoever. Uh, <clears throat> so he's obviously not saying she's the mother of all living things, all living species. Right, that doesn't mean she's the, the mother of all races. Right, right. <clears throat> but uh, definitely two races, you know, the Nakash race and our race. Okay, the the only ones that really matter <laughs> in the Bible. Okay? Right. Yeah. I would think that too would mean, uh, you know, that Adam was the only one who was a made a living soul because Yahweh breathed His Spirit into him. So what it's I think what it's saying here is that we are the the race that is actually living because we only we have that. Adamic breath of, I mean, that uh, Yahweh's breath of life breathed into us. So that's what I think. Verse 21, and unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. And Yahweh God said, behold, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, Yahweh God sent him forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword, which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Okay, so here, uh, to till the ground from whence, from where, he was taken. Again, more proof that the Adamites lived outside the Garden of Eden, and Adam, the man, was taken from that group of people that were created in Genesis chapter 1, to whom the uh, dominion was promised. Okay, And male and female, he created them. So Adam was not the only person alive, only white person alive in, uh, in Scripture in Genesis 1. He was just uh, one of their sample. Okay, So it says very clearly here that after he sinned, he was put back to where he came from, okay? All right, so you cannot compare 
Genesis two and three with Genesis one. It is as you know, Genesis one, as we've been saying, is the creation of the races. Genesis two is the formation of Adam and Eve and their relationship uh, to Yahweh, and uh, and now to their relationship to Nachash <laughs> in Genesis chapter three. Okay, so. Uh, now, in the way uh, to keep the way of the tree of life, this is what is it? This is the the tree, is the the offspring, the bloodline, seed line of Yahshua, the the seed line of righteousness, which is the only thing that gives life. Back to you. Okay, so now we can go to chapter four. Chapter four, <clears throat> and Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived, and bare Cain. And said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. Okay, now, so this, this sounds kind of confusing because right. it sounds as if Cain was of Adam and Eve, yeah. <clears throat> but there is no cause and effect here. Right. Well, not necessarily, no. Uh, but uh, again, uh, we argued earlier that uh, Eve was pregnant by two, by two different males, you know, one being Nachash, one being Adam. And uh, so. Uh, many people have argued there's something left out in Genesis 4.1 because this is translated from the Masoretic text, which is the Jewish version of the Old Testament. And so they may have left something out, okay? Uh, but, and she did bear Cain, and and I have gotten uh, a man from Yahweh, okay? so But she, as she said, I have gotten a man from Yahweh. Now, man is Ish, a male. She doesn't say that Cain was an Adamite from Adam. It's very important here. She does not say that this that Cain was an Adamite. Okay. If if she had come from Adam, she would have said so. So she's only giving him credit for being a male of some species, okay? And then uh please continue. And she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Okay. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto Yahweh. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And Yahweh had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect, and Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. Okay, well, it says here, Abel uh, offered the firstlings of his flock. You know, and we, the we best found, of his flock. Right. We found out uh, that uh, the various uh, feast days require that you bring the best, the best of the best of, to offer to Yahweh. You, you don't bring a second-rate crop uh, to, give her, to give it to Yahweh. So... Cain was holding back. <laughs> Cain was holding back because he wanted the best for himself. Okay? Rather than humble himself and give the best to Yahweh, he kept the best for himself. This is uh, what's going on here. Back to you. Verse 6. <clears throat> and Yahweh said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou dost not well... Sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Okay, uh, now here, this is Yahweh offering to Cain, and this is, 
is not Yahweh Elohim. This is Yahweh personally saying unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance? If, if thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? Now, is this a, uh, now we know that the Jews can't do well. <laughs> we know that the fallen ones can't do well. So why does Yahweh even say this? Is this just being um, uh, a you know, rhetorical question here? It could be. It could be just a rhetorical question because Yahweh knows that they can't do well. But he's still telling him, that, well, if you do well, then uh, you, will, uh, you will redeem yourself. But if you don't do well, then sin, then sin will rule over you. And we know that that is what the case is among the Jews. They just can't help themselves. Sin rules over them. Back to you. Verse 8, And Cain talked with Abel, his brother. And it came to pass, when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. And Yahweh said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood cries to me from the ground. And now art thou cursed from the earth, which has opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. So he gets the same curse that Nahash got. Okay. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. Okay, so what have the Jews been throughout history? <laughs> Fugitives right. and vagabonds. There you go. There you and go. They can't, they can't farm either, can they? No, they can't. The ground will simply not yield for them. But it could also mean simply that uh, they have no uh, ability to farm or no interest in it. Okay, and even in the kibbutzes of Israel, they every Jew from America and other countries that goes to Israel, they're supposed to work in a kibbutz, but uh, which is essentially a communal farm in Israel. But they don't do any work. The actual work is done by Palestinians. Okay, so there's no such thing as a Jewish farmer. Absolutely no such thing. Back to you. Verse 13. And Cain said unto, the, unto Yahweh, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid, and I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. And it shall come to pass that everyone that finds me shall slay me. And Yahweh said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And Yahweh set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. Okay. And, yeah, so uh, in other words, this uh, mark was, well, obviously the prophecy of the enmity between the two seeds had to be fulfilled. And so therefore Yahweh put this mark upon Cain so that uh, his offspring should continue to bother us for the rest of <laughs> not quite eternity, but until the ju judgment day. Back to you. And Yahweh put that enmity there as well. That's correct. He's the one that put the hatred there. That's right. That's right. Verse 16, And Cain went out from the presence of Yahweh and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. And Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bare Enoch. And he builded a city and called the name of the city after the name of his son, Enoch. Okay. This is more proof that there were other people around because you don't build a city for just two people. 
uh, two people and their little infant child. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. So the city was for all of the inhabitants of to the east of Eden. So uh, probably it might have been India, might have been Afghanistan, you know, the countries we know in those terms today, but east of Eden for sure. Okay. And uh, there were people there. Lots of people. Back to you. Verse 18. And unto Enoch was born Irad, and Irad begat Mahujael, and Mahujael begat Methusael, and Methusael begat Lamech. Now, it's interesting, uh, the Methusael, Mahujael, that's, that's the uh, symbol of God, okay? So, uh, it's short for Elohim, okay? So, they're naming themselves after Elohim, okay? That's uh, what the E-L stands for at the end th- of the, that's right. the verse. That's right. Yeah, exactly. The Methusa- word, yeah. Right, Methuselah. But these are also copies of the names of the Adamites. Okay? And I think they named themselves uh, Enoch. You know, well, we have an Adamite Enoch, and we have a Kenite Enoch. And we have Mahujael and Methuselah, which are variations of Methuselah. Okay? And uh, I don't think there was a... Um, Lamech in the uh, Adamite seed line, but they, I think they deliberately named themselves in a similar with similar names to confuse not just uh, us, but to confuse the people of those times. That okay, well, we are this, children of God, right? That's what yeah, yeah. So, in other so, words, we're dealing with imposters here, right? Exactly, imposters who name themselves in, with names similar to ours. Yeah, back to you. Verse 19, and Lamech took unto him two wives. The name of the one was Ada, and the name of the other, Zillah. And Ada bare Jabel. He was the father of such as dwell in tents, and of such as have cattle. Okay, so the nomadic, you know, cattle drivers. He was the first one. Okay, so so none of the Adamites were like this. The Adamites were destined to be farmers. Okay, and we see also that the children of Esau were pretty much the same as this. They were uh, cattle, you know, nomadic cattle drivers, except for the time that they lived in in Edom, which was a very rocky, almost barren territory, but it was good enough to raise goats and maybe some cattle. Okay, so uh, but they were never known as farmers. Back to you. Verse twenty-one, and his brother's name was Jubal. He was the father. of of all such as handle the harp and organ. Okay, and musicians, musicians, yeah, okay. Yeah, we have a lot and of Jewish musicians even today. Yeah, we do. I hadn't even thought about that, yeah. but we do. Yeah. yeah. And Zilla, she also bare Tubalcain, an instructor of every artificer in brass and iron, and the sister of Tubalcain. Hello? Oh, okay. And Lamech said unto his wives, Ada and Zillah, hear my voice, you wives of Lamech. Hearken unto my speech, for I have slain a man to my wounding and a young man to my hurt. If Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, truly Lamech, seventy and sevenfold. <laughs> so he understood that he had slain Cain probably by accident. I think in the, in the book of Jasher, it talks about he uh, drew his bow and uh, accidentally killed Cain 
who probably had grown horns by this time (laughs) (laughs) and looked like a wild animal. And then he realized, oh, no, the curse is upon me. Oh, boy. Okay. (laughs) So here we are. All right, back to you. Verse 25, and Adam knew his wife again, and she bare a son and called his name Seth, which means replacement. Right. For God said she has appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. And to Seth, to him also, there was born a son, and he called his name Enos. Then began men to call upon the name of Yahweh. It's very interesting. The parallels between Jacob and Esau and Cain and Abel are are very stark because Jacob means supplanter. Okay? So uh, Esau was supplanted by Jacob. (laughs) And this is why Esau hated him so much. But the the deal that Esau made with Jacob was, he's the one who proposed it. Esau proposed it. says, sell me this day. Uh, Oh, no, actually, sorry. Jacob said, sell me this day the birthright. And and Esau said, "Okay, <laughs> just give me a, a bowl of that red pottage, and, and you know it's a deal." Okay, give me something to eat. I'm yeah, hungry. right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which is proof that he didn't didn't regard his birthright. You know, the posterity of Yahweh didn't regard he didn't it enough. Care. Yeah, he didn't care. He didn't care at all. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so now uh, Genesis five. Now we're talking about the Adamites and the generations of Adam. Okay, over to you. Genesis chapter 5, verse 1, this is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God made he him. Okay, here we go. In the likeness of Elohim. In the likeness of Elohim, as we stated regarding Genesis chapter 1, the Elohim were the gods and, uh, you could say gods and goddesses, that were the prototypes of the physical beings. Okay, that's what we're talking about here. They were the spiritual beings from whom the physical beings came, emanated, okay, patterned after. Okay, back to you. Verse 2, male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. Okay, again, more proof that they were created both male and female together, not male first and female second. They were created at the same time male and female. Back to you. And Adam lived 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness and after his image and called his name Seth. Okay, in his own likeness. Okay, which is something not spoken of Cain. Okay, Cain did not look like Adam. So there's all kinds of evidence that you, know, you just have to figure these things out carefully that uh, Cain was not a son of Adam, right? Otherwise, plus he's not uh, listed in the genealogy under Adam. That's another point. Okay, back to you. Verse 4, And the days of Adam after he had begotten Seth were 800 years, and he begat sons and daughters. And all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. And Seth lived 105 years, and begot Enos. And Seth lived after he begot Enos 807 years, and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Seth were 912 years, and he died. And Enos lived 90 years, and begat Canaan. And Enos lived after he begat Canaan 815 years, and begat sons and daughters. 
And all the days of Enos were 905 years, and he died. And Canaan lived 70 years and begat Mahalalel. And Canaan lived after he begat Mahalalel 840 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Canaan were 910 years, and he died. And Mahalalel lived 65 years and begat Jared. And Mahalalel lived after he begat Jared 830 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Mahalalel were 890 and five years, and he died. And Jared lived 160 and two years and begat Enoch. And Jared lived after he begat Enoch 800 years and begat sons and daughters. Okay, let me just and, interject here that uh, this is it's not necessarily the case that these are the only white people, the only Adamites on the planet. So as we said earlier, that the white race was created in Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Not all of these are directly descended from Adam, the man, and Eve, the woman. There are, there are white people all over the place, especially in India and probably in Western Europe. Okay, so that there's a, you, know, you have to take the archaeology into consideration. There's evidence that uh, white people were settled on Western, in the coast, uh, the Atlantic coast of Europe around this time as well. And uh, other places, certainly India, you know, there were white people in India. And the uh, tradition in India is that Adam and Eve wound up in India, so they served out the, the balance of their lives with their kinsmen in Kashmir. That's where the tradition that Adam and Eve lived out their lives, and they have, uh, what do you call it, monuments to Adam and Eve in Kashmir. Back to you. Yeah, it's just further proof that the Bible is really the emphasis of one man's genealogy. Mm -hmm. and, uh, exactly. Verse 20. And all the days of Jared were 960 and two years, and he died. And Enoch lived 65 years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years, and he begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 360 and five years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. In other words, he didn't die. He was right. transfigured. Amen. Verse 25, And Methuselah lived 107 years and begat Lamech. And Methuselah lived after he begat Lamech 780 and two years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Methuselah were 960 and nine years, and he died. And Lamech lived 802 years and begat a son. And he called his name Noah, saying, This shall comfort us concerning our work and toil of our hands, because of the ground which Yahweh has cursed. <laughs> and Lamech lived after he begat Noah 595 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Lamech were 770 and seven years, and he died. And Noah was 500 years old, and Noah begat Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And that concludes Genesis chapter 5. Yes. Okay, so it's very obvious that we're tracing the bloodline of Adam and nobody else. And so the Judeos who argue that um, Adam and Eve begot all the races are, you know, I mean, they have, they have to explain how in the world white people could beget you know, uh, Orientals, Blacks, uh, Latinos, etc. You know, there, there is no evidence that that ever took place. And, 
it's one of those deals where you have to make up a, a blatant lie in order to promote your you know, your idea that all the races developed from Adam and Eve, okay? So then after the flood, they have to argue the same thing all over again, right? Because they believe everybody in the world died except those eight souls that got on the ark. So, I mean, talk about jumping to conclusions, okay? Yeah. And so, and then we see in this chapter the, the comparison of the names of the descendants of Adam with the names of the descendants of Cain. And for whatever reason, uh, Cain, uh, the Kenites, chose to name themselves with similar names to those of the Adamites, probably just to confuse everybody. Back to you. And we see no mention of Cain's genealogy in Genesis chapter 5. This is all about Adam. It is all about Adam. And we just get a a brief genealogy of Cain in Genesis chapter chapter 4. Right. Okay. All right. Chapter 6. All right, it's starting to get interesting now. Chapter 6, And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. Okay, so uh, big big verses here. Of course, uh, men is from Adam. That is ruddy. That is, no, it says a human being. No, it's a white person. <laughs> a white man is what this means. Ruddy only applies to one race, folks. Okay. So that the ruddy men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters, bath is the Hebrew word for bath, Bathsheba, were born unto them. And the sons of God, Elohim, not Yahweh, the sons that is, uh, that's Ben, okay, Ben is son in Hebrew. The sons of God saw that the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. So, okay, this means that they, they had to have seen them. There, there's another term for them that's called watchers. The watchers who were up in heaven or in another dimension were able to see that white women were very, very beautiful and uh, they lusted after them with a lust that they could not control, and therefore they chose to incarnate in a non-physical way, you know, not, not through the womb, but some other means, okay? And then uh, this is what's going on here in Genesis chapter 6. All right, back to you. Verse 3, And Yahweh said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men which were of old, men of renown. Okay. So, uh, which were of old. Is that saying that uh, this has happened before? Okay, that something like this has happened before. Maybe that's what uh, led uh, to the destruction of Atlantis and Lemuria. That this has been ha- this has happened before. Because we don't know when Lucifer was cast out of heaven. All we know is that uh, they, uh, he, he and his uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, similar angels were around to uh, engage in this sin. Of race mixing, and of course, the Book of Jasher does tell us, in addition to the, them uh, mating with women, with uh, Adamic women, they also created uh, forbidden species, 
you know, that uh, they were uh, tampering with, uh, they were mixing uh, different species of animal as well, okay? So, again, this is why it's important to look at the Apocrypha as well. Okay, back to you. Verse 5, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented Yahweh that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And Yahweh said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of Yahweh. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. Okay. Now, so, we got an interesting verse here, this uh, perfect in his generations, meaning his uh, his offspring. Yeah, his uh, tamim means, uh, you know, a pure-blooded. He was perfect, pure-blooded in his generations, and just means that he was righteous, okay? So these, uh, a lot of the Judeos uh, simply ignore the word perfect and what it means, <laughs> okay? So uh, he was perfect in his generations. He was, his blood was not mixed with any other race. Back to you. Verse 10, And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me. For the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above, and the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof. With lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh wherein is the breath of life. From under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee I will establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee. And of every living thing of all flesh, two of every everything shalt thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female. Were you okay. going to say something? Yeah, the, the word Earth cannot be uh, assumed to mean the entire planet because uh, we have all kinds of records from various cultures, uh, Chinese culture, American Indian culture, uh, Egypt, etc., that they, they saw there was a deluge, a global deluge, that is rain, but the flood was very much... Uh, Particularized, localized. Yeah, localized to this territory. The word Earth, H776, can mean territory, and it certainly means that in this case. Back to you. Verse 20. Of fowls after their kind, and of cattle after their kind, of every creeping thing of the earth after his kind, two of every sort shall come unto thee to keep them alive. 
And take thou unto thee of all food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it to thee, and it shall be for food for thee and for them. Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him. So did he. Okay. So it's not possible for uh, all of the millions of species on planet Earth to have representatives on the ark. What, uh, what he's talking about here is basically farm animals and uh, some non-farm Well, I guess you could even consider a horse to be a farm animal. It's just not a, an animal you use for food. Okay. But, uh, you know, beef cattle and chickens and all that kind of thing, that's probably all that's being talked about here that uh, we're, we're put on the ark. You know, the idea that uh, Noah went to Australia and brought back kangaroos and platypuses and things like that. I mean, that's really crazy. This is plain crazy. Okay, back to you. Okay, we yeah. concluded Chapter 6. Now okay. we will start Chapter 7. Yeah, let's go into it. Yep. And Yahweh said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark. For thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Of every clean beast shalt thou take to thee by sevens, the male and his female, and of beasts that are not clean by two, the male and his female. Of fowls also of the air by sevens, the male and the female, to keep seed alive unto, upon the face of all the earth. For yet seven days, and I will cause it to rain upon the earth forty days and forty nights. And every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. And Noah did according unto all that Yahweh commanded him. And Noah was six hundred years old when the flood of waters was upon the earth. And Noah went in and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him into the ark because of the waters of the flood. Of clean beasts and of beasts that are not clean and of fowls and of everything that creeps upon the earth. There went in two and two unto Noah into the ark, the male and the female, as God had commanded Noah. And it came to pass after seven days that the waters of the flood were upon the earth. Okay, now the book of Jasher points out that the, uh, the unbelievers of the Adamites round about the ark, uh, once it started raining, realized, hey, the prophecy that Noah gave was true, and they demanded to be let in. But Noah wouldn't open the door, and so they had to scatter. They had to scatter as the uh, as the rainwater, the flood water, started rising. Okay. I bet they weren't laughing at him then. Were no, they? they weren't. They weren't. <laughs> <laughs> they were running for their lives. Yeah, right. Okay, back to you. Verse eleven. In the six hundredth year of Noah's life, in the second month, the seventeenth day of the month, the same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up, and the windows of heaven were opened. And the rain was upon the earth forty days and forty nights. In the selfsame day entered Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth and the sons of Noah and Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons with them into the ark. They and every beast after his kind and all the cattle after their kind and every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth after his kind and every fowl after his kind and every bird of every sort. And they went in unto Noah into the ark, two and two of all flesh, okay. wherein is the breath of life. Yeah, now these would have been local animals, local animals, primarily farm animals. And uh, whatever you need, whatever animals you need to restore 
the environment after the flood. Okay, that's what we're talking about here. We're not talking about global, you know, picking animals up from uh, all over the world and putting them on the ark. <laughs> you know, feeding, feeding such a group of animals would have been impossible. Okay, yeah. yeah. Verse 16, And they that went in, went in male and female of all flesh, as God had commanded him, and Yahweh shut him in. And the flood was 40 days upon the earth, and the waters increased, and bare up the ark, and it was lift up above the earth. And the waters prevailed and were increased greatly upon the earth, and the ark went upon the face of the waters. And the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth, and all the high hills that were under the whole heaven were covered. Fifteen cubits upward did the waters prevail, and the mountains were covered. And all flesh died that moved upon the earth both of fowl and of cattle and of beast and of every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth and every man, all in whose nostrils was the breath of life of all that was in the dry land died. And every living substance was destroyed, which was upon the face of the ground, both man and cattle and the creeping things and the fowl of the heaven. And they were destroyed from the earth and Noah only remained alive and they that were with him in the ark. And the waters prevailed upon the earth 150 days. Okay, so we're getting a general picture of uh, the the ark was created so that the local animals could be preserved upon the landing of the ark so you can reestablish civilization. Okay, so, uh, and then we find out that uh, Noah got drunk, so he must have had uh, seed of grapes, he must have had grape seed in the in the ark as well. So he planted uh, grapes and made wine out of it, right? So uh, there's no indication uh, that uh, after the flood, uh, that grape grapevines could have uh, existed after being soaked for 150 days. It would have destroyed <laughs> any any plants. Okay, so they had to start in that area. Had to start completely over again. All right. Okay, and then uh, so we'll pick this up next week, and then I, I have um, some interesting information next week about giants and how they could have been giants, what, what could have happened to create them as giants. So we'll talk about that next week. Okay, Dan? Good stuff. I yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. All right, folks, thanks for listening. Praise Yahweh. Pass the ammunition. Oh, get more, more of this next week. Yahweh bless everybody. Bye-bye. Bye.